This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Bookmark with me, Uma Pagan Ampike Pagan, and this is Authored, a show in which I have these conversations with writers that are built around themes. This season, I'm speaking to them about their firsts, their first literary loves, their first characters, about the first time they knew, like really, really knew, that this is what they wanted to do. On the show today, I have with me my good friend and prolific writer, Zan Asli. Hello, my name is Zan Asli. I am a journalist, writer, sometimes I make films, sometimes I teach, most of the time a parent. Renaissance man. (laughs) (laughs) So Zan, for people who may not know, uh, tell them what your brand new book is about. It's called Journal Dad. Yes, it's called Journal Dad, uh, the chronicles of a journalist who just happens to be a dad. (laughs) And it's 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 actually a book, well, how do I say this, huh? Without sounding... It's a Sound pretentious. Of, it's all right. Yeah, no, it's not pretentious. It's a compilation of articles, or, uh, uh, my column, my eight-year column at the Malaysian Insider. Uh, it's a compilation of articles, uh, not all of them, uh, but mainly uh, the articles that I wrote that were relating to journalism uh, and uh, parenting. Uh, but of course, there's an added feature in this version. Yes. In uh, Malaysian Insider, it was purely text, but you've got illustrations by Apan. Yes, you've got illustrations by Apan, Arif Rafan Osman. Who's your Bozumbadi. frequent collaborator. Exactly. We grew up together. We were housemates in college and we've been housemates now. But, you know. No, but you're married with children. Yeah. <laughs> you're <Yes>. both married <laughs> with children. That yeah. would be weird. Um, so, Zan, this is a book primarily about journalism. And the articles you've written about journalism. So I wanted to ask you what your first brush with journalism was. Do you remember? Uh, Of course. Uh, I I never thought of journalism as a career. I never even planned to become a journalist. Uh, I just knew that I did not want to become an accountant because I was studying accountancy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you're an accountant? Yes, yes. I've got a Bachelor of Accountancy, Horns, right? (laughs) Yeah, Horns. And uh, uh, I wasn't forced to do it. I did it out of my own free will, <laughs> but uh, I knew I wasn't going to practice accountancy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I used to like uh, writing. I wrote a short story when I was 12. Uh, I wrote a poem that was published when I was 12. Uh, but then I kind of just never saw it as a career. You know? But then when I was about to graduate, I was like, oh my God, I need to find a job, right? And I didn't want to do accounting. And uh, hey, maybe I could do some writing. And I saw some, some ads uh, in the classifieds uh, saying they were hiring writers in local newspapers. Applied. I got a job at a newspaper. Yeah, so that's how I got into journalism. So which was the newspaper? The Sun. Oh, look at that. Yeah, The Sun. Yeah. And um, what was your first beat? Uh, uh, tech lifestyle. Oh, that, that's a good beat. <laughs> yeah, because they, 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 they send you stuff to play with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they give you gadgets, you know. Uh, and and uh, they had actually started this new supplement in The Sun called uh, NetLife. At that time, uh, it was a lifestyle section that covers tech lifestyle. Yeah, so they were looking for new writers. I came at the right time. Uh, I got the job. Yeah. So I guess you know, given the state, the current state of Malaysian journalism, which is which is a little stressful for especially mm-hmm. for those of us who practice it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, over the years, over the last eight years, this column was in Malaysian Insider, which I think it's safe to say was one of the victims of Malaysian journalism. Yes. Yeah. And. 
what does it feel like compiling those columns into this book, um, given its de- recent demise? Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I never wanted to compile my articles into a book because I, I always feel that if you want to write a book, you write a book, <laughs> right? And your columns stay as columns. Uh, but see, I wrote for... I, I was involved with the Malaysian Insider almost from the beginning. I started by producing videos for them. Uh, and then slowly they said, hey, you write too. Why don't you write a, a regular column for us? And I said, okay. Uh, and it was eight years. Uh, and I got the message that it was going to close down uh, right after I had submitted my latest column, you know. And it was a, a bit of a shock. You know, I've been writing every week without fail for eight years. It wow. felt withdrawal symptoms, <laughs> immediately withdrawal symptoms. And uh, I, was, I was a little bit upset, you know. Um, and, and, and then suddenly a friend of mine said to me, he said, hey, Zan, you know that when Malaysian Insider closes, it's, gonna, it's, it's closed, right? Oh, yeah, uh, there, there are no archives. As, exactly, no archives, nothing is going to be available for anybody. Why don't you, you know, look at all your articles, compile it, you know, into a book and publish it? Uh, and I was like, oh, really? You know, compile your articles? Uh, and pro- compile my articles and publish a book? Really? So, yeah, think about it, you know. Nobody's going to be able to see anything from the Malaysian Insider after this. I know my writings in Malaysian Insider is like a decimal point of a fraction of what Malaysian Insider comes out with. But I don't know. I felt like... But it, but it added... It added something to that site. I mean, every every decimal point of a fraction... I hope as so. As contributed you know? by someone, by some columnist, by some writer, right. makes something all the more richer. Lah. I really like to believe that. I really like to believe that, you know, it was like a, a, a collective effort in trying to you know, uphold journalism. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and so how did the selection process work? Because uh, eight years every week, that's a lot, lot. of articles. <laughs> a lot of articles. That's 400. <laughs> a lot, yes, yes, more or less. You know, uh, and... Uh, uh, what we wanted to do was because I wrote a lot I was discussing with the editor of the book and the publishers and all that uh, so we decided that since I wrote a lot let's break up for this one for this particular book let's concentrate on articles that I, I wrote about journalism and parenting right and then the other articles I wrote a lot about politics too a lot, a lot about uh, racial issues and things like that I wrote a lot about that too uh, that can be like another volume Oh, I like that. You were already <laughs> planning for the sequel. Huh? <laughs> sequel, yes. <laughs> so, so that was how it was. Uh, and we broke down the book to uh, seven chapters, right? Uh, I think the first chapter is about uh, my, 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 my thoughts and comments about solo journalism uh, because I've been an advocate of solo journalism for a very long time, for about and you, 12, 13 years. You've done it a lot. You've, you've, yeah. you've been to Afghanistan. Yeah, 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 I do a lot of solo journalism myself. I report myself. I shoot myself. I write. I, I go in front of the camera myself and behind the camera. So everything, right? So, so I, I wrote a lot about that. Uh, there was another chapter on just my observations of the media in Malaysia and how journalism has progressed or regressed. Uh, a, a, another chapter on pro- like the equipment used you know, for journalism, uh, how, how we've got apps and gadgets and things like that that aid in journalism. Uh, then there are chapters that talk about parenting. Uh, somehow, because I never plan when I write these, my, my column every week, it's not like I have a, a long-term plan of what I want to write. And I'm going to say strategy. it's a mad rush, usually <laughs> yes, on exactly. the day before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that morning. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, uh, somehow when I became a father, when I got my first kid, somehow it kind of creeped into my, my writing as well, uh, you know, and I would comment, initially it would, I, I would comment about like social issues around me and then relate it to me bringing up a, 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 a child, right, a daughter, uh, and slowly it became quite 
parenting focused, you know. Uh, and I was talking about, you know, if your child gets sick, first-time parent, what you do, uh, uh, education for your child, uh, how kiasu first-time parents, like if they fall in, like, wow, oh, is it going to harm them for the rest of their lives, you know. If they can't read by the age of four or five, is she going to be a moron, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, things like that. Uh, uh, and family life, uh. So we broke it up into seven chapters based on those issues. Uh. Before we start talking about you and your kids and being a dad, mm. do you remember your first solo adventure? What was it as a journalist? As a journalist? Uh, wow. Uh, uh, as a journalist, uh, I did a documentary uh, called Rahman. Uh, it's about the prophecy, Rahman prophecy. R-E-H-M-A-N, oh, nice. The, the, you know, the, the prime ministers. Of course. Coming, uh, yeah. In that order as, of exactly. alphabet. Yeah. Uh, at that time, the prime minister was Abdullah Badawi. He was going into his first general elections. So it was set in that that season, the general election season. And I went around asking people, uh, normal Vox Pops, about what they think, R-E-H-M-A-N, who are they, they going to be, right? After Abdullah, who's going to be N? Right, uh, and uh, we got a lot of funny answers, you know. Uh, a lot of them got it correct, uh, and yeah. But but that was just the setting. Um, I actually interviewed uh, three main characters. Uh, one of them was a journalist from the Star. Uh, his name is Krishnamurti. Uh, I think a lot of people know him. He's, he's quite popular. He used to go around disguising himself as an MP or a beggar and then write stories about his experience. Uh, I, I just talked about his life you know, as a journalist and what he thinks about Malaysia. I interviewed a soup kambing vendor in Lucky Gardens, Bangsa. should go. Really good soup kambing. I've been going since I think I that's a, a very famous soup kambing place. Yes. Yeah. yes, in Lucky Gardens, right behind TMC. Yeah, so I interviewed him. Uh, and then... Uh, who else did I interview? Uh? Uh, oh, it was so long ago. I think it was 2004. Yeah, 2003. Oh, wow. So that was kind of like my first big documentary venture where I went to shoot myself, edit myself, and did everything myself. Uh, yeah. And that's where you caught the bug? Yes, exactly. So what is it about solo journalism that's so important to you? I, I, I started out as a writer, right? As a, as a print journalist writing articles. And I like the process of, you know, uh, when you write you're all by yourself, you know, in your thoughts, you know, uh, pretending to be so smart, you know, all on your own. So when I started making films, right, when I started making documentaries, I worked at a TV station. I had to work with a the crew. Then when I did this documentary, I thought, hey, you know, I can do it myself. It feels like writing. You know, you're, 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 you're immersed in your thoughts, you know, uh, you've got nobody to tell you what to do. You, you, I felt free. I felt free. Yeah, and it was also the same time I was freelancing for other news agencies, international news agencies and things like that. And when you freelance for these news agencies, they most of them would pay you uh, one flat fee. And if you're smart enough and efficient enough, that flat fee can uh, be a bigger margin for you if you know how to work properly. Yeah. And it kind of served the purpose uh, as a solo journalist. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's some good business thinking. That's where the Chinese side comes in. Oh, the accountancy degree. Oh, accountancy. I see. You wanted to say accountancy. I say Chinese. Thanks, Uma. Yeah. Who's the racist now? Hey, my mother's Chinese, so you can't say I'm racist. Oh, okay. Then you, then you got then you got passed, really. You can do it. That's no problem. So let's talk about let's talk about children, man. I mean, this is the subtitle of this book is about a journalist who also happens to be a dad. <laughs> I'm gonna make you cry by asking you what it was like <laughs> when you had your firstborn. Yeah, well. Um a friend of mine who uh, is a journalist himself, uh, Alan Quay, said that the title of my book, uh, The Chronicles of a Journalist Who Happens to Be a Dad, sounds like I became an accidental dad. <laughs> but no, 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 no. It was planned. planned. It was planned. Uh, we were married for a couple of years before we had our first kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I never wanted to be a journalist. 
and then I became a journalist. I said to everybody I knew that I would never get married because I'm a player, but I eventually got married, right? And then when I got married, I said, hey, you know, chill, you know, probably don't have la. kids, you know. Then I decided, hey, I want to have kids. <laughs> so you always eat your words, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, we were married for about two and a half years and we decided to have a kid. Uh, and we had a kid. And it is uh, one of the most, I don't know, life-changing. I know it's cliche, but you wouldn't know until you have a kid, you know? And... Uh, uh, it's, it's great. It's it's one of the best things in life to have children. And now you have two daughters. And now I have two daughters. The second one is one year old. Right, right. So, Zan, you were always... I've, I've, I've known you since your early documentary days. And you were always the kind of person who would drop everything for where there was a story, whether it was <laughs> in a war zone, ke, wherever, mm, right? Mm. I'm assuming this has changed. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny. It seems like I would drop everything. Uh, but actually, everything is planned. So when I got married and I had kids, it was okay. It was a good transition because I actually planned everything. Uh, I know I go into war zones. I go to Afghanistan. I go to you know, Lebanon and things like that. But the planning is like five, six months ahead. You know, I know when I want to go, when who I'm going to meet and everything. Uh, only later on in uh, my career that uh, I had to do things like that where something happens, breaking, and then I drop everything and I fly to Perth or I fly to Turkey and things like that, you know. Uh, but uh, no, it's, uh, I've got a good support system. My wife is great, you know. Well, um, she's a journalist too. My wife is a journalist too. So yeah. she understands. So she kind of understands and she's a, she's, because she's a producer, news producer, she's mainly based in the studio. Uh, so she doesn't go out much. So it kind of works. I'm the one on the fee- in the field and uh, she's, she's in the studio. Yeah. But, 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 but surely, <laughs> surely with two daughters in tow, mm. the idea of going to Lebanon or Afghanistan mm. is less appealing. Uh, well, you miss the kid. You know, I remember when I went to Afghanistan, she wasn't even a year old, my first daughter, Athena. She wasn't even a year old. Uh, but, you know, you tell yourself that you're doing this because you want to show your kids that, you know, you've got to pursue your passion. You know, you do what you like and uh, you'll be happy, you know. And if you're happy, people around you will be happy. I Skype with my daughter every day, even though she was less than a year old, with my wife, you know, and, uh, every day, every day. So, uh, of course, you, you feel you don't want to really leave them. But you also get excited when you want to go for these adventures, you know. So, yeah, it's okay. So apart from relating back all of these writings to, I guess, having a family and having children, in what other ways has being a dad changed you being a journalist? Uh, Initially, it was all about adventure, you know. I wanted to go to places, see things, you know, be in dangerous situations, duck when a bullet gets shot, you know, listen to explosions and run under the bed, you know, something like that. Uh, but when I had kids, it put things into perspective, you know. I, I sound like a broken record, cliche record, you know, but it's it, it's that, you know. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's really true. Uh, and um, And you feel like these stories you tell, you want it to matter, you know, because you want Every time I look at my kids, I imagine a life when they are my age now and how it would be, you know. I can't do much. I don't have a lot of skills, right? I can only be what I, you know, I am right hey, now. You could be an accountant if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, if wanted to right? Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> That's right. I've got a degree with horns. Okay? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, so, you know, what I can do, that has to be my contribution to life and that has to be my contribution to my kids, you know. I, I, so, so I try to, so that puts things into perspective, you know, and when I, when I, now when I tell stories, I see a lot more meaning 
uh, into why I want to tell these stories. And it's so much more fulfilling to me. And I hope that somehow it's fulfilling for people who consume my stories too. Yeah. And when did you first realize this? I mean, a lot of people talk about having that epiphany when they see their firstborn or when they hold their firstborn for the first time. Uh-huh. Is that true or is Not, it just something that comes with time? Well, yeah, it comes with time. When my, first, when my daughter was born, right, I was like, oh my God, the first thing that came to my mind was like, Jasmine, isn't that painful? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Then slowly, slowly when you bring the kid home, you see her, she looks at you, you know, she starts crying at night, not letting you sleep. Somehow a bond forms her, you know, and then you realize that, ah, oh my God, you know, you feel scared. You're afraid that something happens to you, it might affect her. Something happens to her, might affect her, you know, uh, and, and you just feel scared all the time when you have children. But that, that, that fear is actually, that drives you. Yeah. Do you remember the first journalist Real or fictional? Okay. That inspired you to become a journalist or somewhat gave you something of an aspirational ideal? Hmm. I remember mine. Okay. It was Raymond Rashid. Oh, wow. Okay. It was after right. reading his book, right. Malaysian Journey. Yeah. I was like, first of all, I want to be able to write like that. Mm. And mm. also, there was a journalistic, investigative, exploratory tone in the way he wrote about Malaysia Mm. that made me rediscover my own country. And I felt, Mm. oh, I wish, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to have that ability to tell stories in that way. Sure. Uh, I guess when when I first became a journalist, when my first job at the Sun newspaper, I didn't really have any uh, idols or heroes that I looked up to because I I never planned to be a journalist, right? But when I started writing uh, at the Sun, I started reading as well. I started reading a lot of uh, newspapers, columns, books and all that. And one of the uh, journalists that actually, uh, one of the writers that actually appealed to me was uh, Karim Raslan. Yeah, uh, Karim Raslan. Well, he used to have that uh, wonderful column, Charitala. Charitala, exactly. Uh, he, had, he had that column and then he had the book. He compiled those articles into books. I remember going to one of his signings uh, and he signed my book for me. You know, then uh, many, many years after that, uh, I produced a documentary with him. And then uh, he actually remembered that, you know, I asked him to sign on the cover instead of inside of the book, you know. Uh, and yeah, so I guess when I, when I read his writings, I was like, hey, this guy is just observing life as normal, you know, and yet he can see stories in the everyday things. So that was, uh, that kind of made me feel that that was the kind of stories I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell normal stories. I wasn't necessarily interested in breaking news, you know, uh, but I was interested in just telling ordinary things that happen around you, but they're, supposed, they're actually quite interesting. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the inspiration for all great journalism lies, right? Just this need mm. to tell a story. Yeah. It's not to break news, it's yeah, just the yeah. need to tell a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking news is exciting, though. It is, <laughs> but, no, it yeah. is very exciting. I mean, Afghanistan and Lebanon, very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. But even yeah. then, even in your last book, mm. that's what you were doing. You were, exactly. you were telling stories of the things you encountered yep. and the fears you came across mm. in Afghanistan. That's right. Uh, another another uh, journalist hero uh, was probably uh, Sean McAllister. Uh, he's, a, he's a British documentary filmmaker. He came to KL recently. Um, uh, I, I liked the way he shot his documentaries and told stories. Again, he was kind of like Karim Raslan. He would tell stories about ordinary people. And he was a solo journalist. He would bring a camcorder and he would go to like Syria or he would go to Yemen and he would just shoot for like six months to a year, come back with all the footage and then construct a story. Right? Uh, and uh, I, 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 I really liked the method that he was applying. 
to telling stories. Uh, and uh, uh, probably about five years ago or four years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the Sheffield Documentary Film Festival. Got to meet him, you know, uh, and we talked. Uh, we became friends. Uh, then when he came recently for the Freedom Film Festival, we hung out. Yeah, so uh, it's nice. <laughs> all right, Zan, thank you so much for coming and talking to me today and all the best with the new book. Thank you. I've been speaking to Zan Asli. You can win yourself a copy of Journo Dad. All you have to do is answer this one simple question. How many kids does Journo Dad Zan Asli have? Just text us your answer along with your full name and IC number to 016 That question again, how many kids does Journo Dad Zan Asli have? Journo Dad is published by MPH and is now available at all good bookstores. You've been listening to Authored. This is Bookmark, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.